Hello, and welcome to the Federal Contracting Made Easy podcast, where we take the complex world of government contracting and break it into simple steps that any small business owner can master. Now, let me introduce your host, Nancy Byerly. Hello, and welcome to the wonderful world of government contracting. This is episode 10, and today's topic is the Women-Owned Small Business Set-Aside Program. As always, we would greatly appreciate it if you would subscribe and rate the podcast. Through your feedback, we can improve the podcast and grow our community. Also, if you know of anyone that could benefit from this podcast, please tell them about it. As with any business, referrals are much appreciated. As a small business owner, you realize that business development is a necessary and essential part of your business. A better way to grow and develop your business than to expand into government contracting. By capitalizing on small business set-aside programs, you can compete only against those businesses that are in your category. It sure beats competing against large businesses. That is exactly what today's topic comes into play. So what is the Women-Owned Small Business Program? The federal set-aside program allows contracting officers to specifically limit certain requirements for competition solely among women-owned small businesses or economically disadvantaged women-owned small businesses. If your business is owned and controlled by one or more women, then you may qualify for this program and can use this program as your business development strategy. What is the purpose of the Women-Owned Small Business Program? We remember from previous episodes that the federal government has established contracting and subcontracting goals to be awarded to small businesses. The government, remember, has set aside 23% of prime contract dollars to be awarded to small businesses and 5% to be awarded to women-owned small businesses to include economically disadvantaged women-owned small businesses. That means that approximately $25 billion will be set aside just for women-owned small businesses. Therefore, the purpose of the program is to enable contracting officers to meet these goals by limiting certain requirements for competition solely among women-owned small businesses thus ensuring a level playing field on which small businesses compete for federal contracting opportunities. Without these set-aside programs, all businesses, large and small, would compete against each other, and it will be difficult for small businesses to flourish and win against the larger businesses. As small businesses are the most important cog in the United States economy, without these set-aside programs, the impact on not only on small businesses, but our economy suffer. So who's responsible for the women-owned, economically disadvantaged women-owned small business? Small Business Administration is charged with the implementation and administering the program. SBA published regulations that provide the framework of the program, conducts eligibility exams on the women-owned small businesses, decides protests, conducts studies to determine eligible industries, and works with other federal agencies on educating them about the program. The Federal Acquisition Regulatory Council 
is responsible for implementing the procedures for procurement programs in the Federal Acquisition Regulations, otherwise known as the FAR. The FAR is the governing document used by federal agencies to acquire goods and services for the government. So what requirements can be set aside for women-owned or economically disadvantaged women-owned small businesses? And we're going to talk about women-owned small businesses first. So the contracting officer may set a requirement aside for a women-owned small business if the North American Industry Classification Code assigned to the solicitation is in an industry in which SBA has designated the women-owned small businesses are substantially underrepresented. For a listing of the NAITS codes that SBA has deemed to be underrepresented, please go to sba.gov. Next, the contracting officer has a reasonable expectation that two or more women-owned small businesses will submit offers to the solicitation. Three, anticipated award price for the contract does not exceed $5 million in the case of manufacturing or $3 million for all other contracts. Four, the contracting officer feels confident that the contract can be awarded at a fair and reasonable price. The NAITS code assigned to the solicitation is an industry designated by SBA as underrepresented is reasonable expectation by the contracting officer that two or more economically disadvantaged women-owned small businesses will submit offers. The anticipated award price of the contract does not exceed five million for manufacturing or three million in the case of all other contracts. And lastly, the contracting officer is reasonably sure that the contract can be awarded at a fair and reasonable price. As you can tell, the basic requirements to set aside a requirement for the program is not complicated. Now let's make sure that you understand the program so far by reviewing some commonly asked questions. So does this, the 3 million and 5 million anticipated award price of the contract include all options? Answer, yes, it does include all options. Two. Why are the thresholds for the women-owned small business and economically disadvantaged women-owned small business program differ from SBA's other program? Answer, the statute authorizing the women-owned small business program set forth the specific thresholds. However, these thresholds are subject to periodic inflation adjustment by the FAR Council. Three, does the contracting officer have to offer the requirement to SBA before setting it aside for the women-owned or economically disadvantaged women-owned small business? Answer, no. Can a contracting officer award a sole source contract to a woman-owned or economically disadvantaged woman-owned small business under this program? Answer, generally, no. Five, does an economically disadvantaged woman-owned small business qualify as an 8A company? Answer, no, they do not. Not unless they're already certified as an 8A company. Question six, is there a mentor-protege program for women on small business? Answer, not at this time. However, there is the all-small mentor-protege program that you can use for women on small businesses. 
Seven, where do I find requirements set aside for women-owned or economically disadvantaged women-owned small business? Answer, the Federal Business Opportunities website, fbo.gov, will list federal solicitations that may be set aside for the program. The announcement and solicitation will state that the agency is limiting competition to either economically disadvantaged women-owned business or a women-owned business eligible for the program. In addition, the solicitation should contain certain FAR clauses which explain that it is set aside for competition. Now, let's go on to certification questions. One, does SBA certify my business into the women-owned or economically disadvantaged women-owned program? The answer, SBA does not certify businesses into the program like it does with the 8A or HUBZone programs. So two, is the woman-owned and economically disadvantaged women-owned small business a self-certification program? Answer, yes in part. There's two ways you can be certified as a woman-owned small business. The first way you can be certified is by a federal agency, a state government, or national certifying entity approved by the SBA administrator known as third-party certifiers. So that's the first way. The second way is that you can self-certify by uploading your documents into the SBA repository and then certifying to the contracting officer that you are a small business concerned, owned and controlled by women and provide adequate documentation in accordance with the standards established by SBA to support the certification. So it boils down to, to the following. A woman-owned, economically disadvantaged woman-owned small business can receive a certification from a third-party certifier or self-certified status. This is different from the other self-certification programs that we have discussed so far. What is a third-party certifier? A third-party certifier is either a federal agency, a state government, or national certifying entity approved by the SBA administrator to provide certifications of women-owned small businesses or economically disadvantaged women-owned small businesses. SBA maintains the listing of approved third-party certifiers on their website. If you elect to use a third-party certifier, you will need to upload into SBA's certify.sba.gov database a copy of your certification from that third-party certifier. So how do you self-certify as a woman-owned small business or economically disadvantaged woman-owned small business? In order to do business with the federal government, you first have to register in the System for Award Management, otherwise known as SAM.gov. This is an online government-owned and operated free website that consolidates the capabilities a system for award management, the online representations and certifications applications, otherwise known as ORCA, and the excluded party list into one system. The second system that you have to register in is Certify. Certify is an SBA repository that is secure, web-based environment that is accessible to individuals, WSBs and EDWSBs, the contracting officer community, and SBA. The contracting officer will be able to assess the documents prior to contract award to review the submitted documents. Note, 
the 2015 National Defense Authorization Act eliminated the self-certification from the Women-Owned Small Business Program. However, SBA states that self-certification remains a viable option. What does this mean for the future of self-certification? At some point, SBA is going to have to comply with the statutory change. That means that all those businesses that self-certify may have to pay a third-party certifier to get recertified again. Unless SBA can come up with a way to get certified for free, you may want to take that in consideration when you're developing your business development strategy. Is there a term limit for participation in this program? No, as long as you remain eligible, you can continue to participate in the program for the life of the business. Now, let's talk about the Women-Owned Small Business Program eligibility. What is the eligibility requirements for the Women-Owned Small Business? Then we'll move on to the economically disadvantaged women-owned business. First, I want to talk about the women. So the first requirement, it has to be a small business. Second requirement, must be 51% unconditionally and directly owned and controlled by one or more women who are United States citizens. Three, the woman must manage the day-to-day -day operations of the business. Four, the woman must make the long-term decisions for the business. Five, the woman must be able to provide documents demonstrating that she meets these requirements. And six, a woman must hold the highest officer position. So let's talk about women on small business eligibility questions. What if my husband owns 50% and I own 50%? I'd be a woman on small business. The answer, no. The woman must own at least 51% of the business, so you would not qualify. What if I own 100% of a holding company, which owns 100% of the small business? Is that small business owned by a woman? So no, it has to be directly owned and can't be owned by another company. It has to be directly owned by the woman. Therefore, it would not be eligible for the program. What if my company is 100% owned by an employee stock ownership plan? 51% of those employees are female. Does it qualify as a women-owned small business? Answer, no, the small business is not directly owned at least 51% by one women, a woman or a woman, so therefore it would not be eligible for the program. What kind of experience do I need to prove that I run the women-owned small business. Answer, the woman or woman, whichever case may be, must have the managerial experience to the extent and complexity needed to run the business. Woman manager need not have the technical expertise or possess the required license or licenses to be found to be in control of the concern if she can demonstrate that she has the ultimate managerial and supervisory control over those who possess the required licenses or technical expertise. However, if a man possesses the required license or licenses and has an equity interest in the, in the business, then he may be found to control the concern. Can I work part-time at my business and be a woman-owned small business? The answer is no. Have to work full-time at the business and during normal business hours that businesses similar businesses operate in. Okay let's talk about economically disadvantaged women-owned small business requirements. First requirement must be a small business. Second requirement must be 51% unconditionally and directly owned 
and controlled by one or more women who are economically disadvantaged and United States citizens. The disadvantaged woman must make the long-term decisions for the business. The disadvantaged woman must be able to provide documents demonstrating that she meets these requirements. The disadvantaged woman must hold the highest officer position in the concern. Concern means business, by the way. The disadvantaged woman must meet certain thresholds for personal net worth, adjusted gross income, and fair market value of all assets to be considered economically disadvantaged. So what are they? A woman is presumed economically disadvantaged if her personal net worth is less than $750,000, excluding her ownership interest in the business and her equity interest in the primary personal residence. And her adjusted gross yearly income over the three preceding years does not exceed $350,000. And the fair market value of her assets, including the primary residence and the value of the business concern, does not exceed $6 million. Now, I'd like to make a caveat here that as a small business owner, it is your responsibility to ensure that you meet these requirements. As I'm doing these podcasts, I'm not covering the full program. I'm only covering a portion of the program. It's in your best interest to research the topic fully and have your questions answered by an expert in the field to guide you through the process. Much of today's information was obtained from the SBA website and the Code of Federal Regulations. I will leave a link in today's show notes to the federal regulations that govern the women-owned and economically disadvantaged women-owned business program. And if you meet the program requirements, we hope you will consider using this certification as a viable business strategy. As always, it has been my pleasure to talk to you today about the Women-Owned Small Business Program. If you enjoyed the podcast, please support me by subscribing. Until next week, be safe.